Anything and all things are possible and the absolute and the absolute's devotees who control the absolute, if that's possible. And apparently it is. Sri Krishna Karshini saw the absolute independent supreme reality, the original source of everything for whom not a blade of grass moves without his will, the supreme omniscient, omnipotent Lord, personality of Godhead, Swayam Bhagavan, can be controlled through love and devotion. When before joining and Guru Maharaj is observing Gauriyamat, and he noticed has gone Gaur Purnima, and he goes to see the deity, and as he said, there's one of the like rank and file devotees caring for the deity, and all the senior servitors are upstairs with Srila Saraswati Thakur. So again, to test him, Guru Maharaj said, so the deity, uh, how did he say, you know, uh, like represents Krishna or, you know, he said something like, and amen. what do you say? No, he's Sakshad Bajanda Nandana Hari. He's directly, he's Krishna himself, you know, or Goranga himself. Guru Maharaj said, then why, you're the, lowest devotee in the mat, you're tending to the deity and all the senior devotees are upstairs with your Guru Maharaj. Preparing, the Gaur Purnima is about to take place. That's why he said in first, oh, so the deity some represent, no, he's directly the Lord. Oh, so all the, they're all with the devotee and they put one man here with the Lord. Why is that? But Guru Maharaj said, this man is trained by Gaudiya Mat. And he said, because Mahaprabhu will be appearing in the heart of our Guru Maharaj. And in the most substantial way, meaning more than the deity. And this is what separates a Kanishta from a Madhyam Adhikari. A Kanishta Adhikari cannot wrap their head around that notion that the devotee occupies a superior position to the deity. For the progressive devotee, the shift is from the deity to the devotee. The third-class devotee cannot understand that he'll benefit more from the association of a devotee than through archan. As we find in the case of Kaviraj Goswami, that relative who he's in the name of tending to the deity, he's ignoring the devotee of Nityananda Prabhu, not receiving him. He doesn't understand the deity wants you to serve the devotee. Right? Guru Maharaj will say, take the permission of the deity and serve the devotee. But the hallmark of progressive devotion is to understand the position of the devotee as being most important. That's how we make progress. Without the devotee, there is no deity. There is no holy name. There are nothing. No, I, I can get it on Amazon. On Amazon Prime, they have a deal on Krishna Nam right now. Amazon Nam, right? Or Google Nam. No, I can Google and get it. 
it will be a semblance, not even a, se- a semblance is too generous. A shell, Gurman said, firing blanks, blank mantra. Like when they have the rays. <laughs> Sounds just like a regular bullet, but there's no bullet. Doesn't hit the target. So here, because we'll say, well, you mean like, wait, there's a deity, and then there's like, that devotee I know? Not exactly. First of all, we use this word devotee to mean just about anyone and everyone in connection with, and varieties of ways with Krishna consciousness. But sometimes we should think, when we hear the word devotee, we should think Radharani. When we hear near Matsaranam Zadam, you can't be envious of the devotee. You cannot be envious of her and those who belong to her. She's conducting all service to Krishna. Her name is Krishna Moyi, meaning you cannot get more Krishna in a deity or anywhere than from her, with her. There's more Krishna. It's the ultimate, fullest expression of Krishna is only achieved and with her. Non-envious. The inversion of that is to show some honor, some appreciation, some respect. And not just formal. Not talking about formal respect. Using this kind of a honorific title and not that. That is formal. The formal aspects of respect. What will come first? What will come second? We're interested in the substantial heartfelt appreciation of the devotion of others. Not formalists, formalities, that someone didn't observe some formality. They violated a technicality. No one will be dismissed from Krishna consciousness for violating a technicality. Rather, the Raghavaktas, they're celebrated, they are ignoring those formalities. Once Guru Maharaj said, when Yashoda is whipping Krishna, no, Om Vishnu Pad Paramahans Paramahans. <laughs> running after Krishna, and Krishna is running from her, and his kudzal, mascara, is running down his face. Gopyadade, Tvayikitavshari, Dhamatava, Adyate, Dushashru, Kalilanjana, Sambramaksham. Kunti say, how beautifully bewildering this vision is whom fear personified is scared to death of, that Krishna is running, crying, his mascara running down his lotus face, making it even more beautiful, and Mother Yasoda is running after him. Not interested in the formal absolute, formality, but substance. And substance means devotion. So there we need to give recognition to the devotion of others. Rupa Goswami says that in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, the book of devotion, that one of the symptoms of a devotee is they're always appreciating the good qualities of another devotee. So when Narada is approaching all those devotees in the first half of the Brihad Bhagavatamritam, every time he praises one, they praise someone else as being higher to them. He goes to them, praises them, they praise someone else as being higher. On and on and on. Till what happens? Asamaho Chararanu Jushama Hangshang Bindavane Kimapigumalatosa Dinam. 
who Krishna says is more dear to me than my own self, he praises the dust of the lotus feet of Srimati Radharani and the Braja Gopis. And then, all right, so then there establishes the great devotees. And what are they saying? Oh, how exalted is the soil of Vrindavan, the trees of Vrindavan. They're praising all the Shantarasa Bhaktas. Chandravali and Herbert, they're saying, this flute, what is this? A dry piece of wood with so many flaws or nuts. Is capturing all the nectar from Krishna's lips. What was meant for us gopis? The flute has stolen that indirectly. That, that type of envy, Rupa Goswami is celebrating in the sloka. But other than that, not. Everyone, they're appreciating. The highest devotees are appreciating the position of those who appear to be in a lower position. That's Krishna consciousness. Where the inverse, the lower group is offending the higher or not appreciating. But the actual higher devotees, they're appreciating the devotion even the lower. Gurumar is saying when the lady disciple of Swami Maharaj and the Nat Mandir of Chaitanya Saraswatmat says, what I like about Krishna consciousness is we're being given a chance to have a family life with Krishna. Gurumar has quoted that for 30 years as something that touched his heart. He's appreciating what she expressed when Achyutananda said, hadn't eaten for three days because some Maharaj left with the key to the food. And he came to the Chaitanya Saraswat Mat for like a little prasad and Gurudev and Gurumars found out they were mortified and said, why didn't you come? Achyutananda said, uh, Krishna's dancing. That melted the heart of Guru Maharaj and Gurudev. Guru Maharaj told that story for 30 years. Krishna's dancing. Amen. Like, if he's dancing and so many are being thrown this way and that way and trampled upon, Krishna's dancing. It's Gopi Bhav. That if he's happy, then everything's okay. I'm fasting for three days. That's not a problem. Krishna's dancing. So that that was expressed from his heart. Gurumars and Gurudev, they're recognizing that. There's some devotion there. They're celebrating that. That's what giving honor is. Not formalities, titles, and first position, second position, this kind of thing. But recognition of substantial devotional qualities, tendencies, expressions, seva, service, those things. That's a meaningful way to give some recognition. In the third canto, Uddhava is asked to say something about Krishna. And told, he becomes so overwhelmed in remembrance of Krishna that he leaves this world. His body's just somehow still there in an ecstatic trance state. And he's in the upper world, the inner world. And when he comes back, he says, Aho bhakti yam stanakalakutam jigam apyasadvi lebhegatim datri uchitam tatunyam kambadayalum sharanam brajema. 
said, who is a more merciful Lord than Krishna that he liberates his enemies? And he's saying, Putana, Rakshasi means like an evil sorceress. They can take different forms. Sent by Kangsa to kill the baby Krishna. She takes on the form of this beautiful young girl who can nurse babies. And she looks so sweet and beautiful. We're told Yashoda and Rohini or have Krishna's mother and uh, aunt or other mother. You know, uh, they're having a conversation and they see and they go like, she goes, can I see the baby? Oh, yeah. And there she looks so sweet that she fooled them. So they send her to Krishna. And what is, she puts Krishna on her lap. And her breast is anointed with poison, the nipple. She pushes the nipple into Krishna's mouth and he starts sucking the nipple. He sucks the poison, then the milk, then her pran, her life air. And she's like losing, she's trying to push him off. And then she, her form starts expanding. There were, you know, many miles in size and she falls over backwards screaming. Right, and drops dead, and Krishna's cushioned on the breast from the fall. And they all, Nanda, Yashoda, they all come running and they're thinking, oh, we're so fortunate. We must be pious people who did something, you know, wonderful in our last lives because if she'd fallen forward, she would have crushed the baby. But instead she fell backwards and that softened the blow when he landed. How fortunate we are. <laughs> That's Jnana Shunya Bhaktas. So Uddhava says, if, you know, Putana, Rakshashi approached him with murderous intentions, and, but what did he do? He just accepted the motherly gesture. And we're told she was liberated, uh, elevated to a mother-like position. He's saying, so if that's how he treats his enemies, then what to speak of his friends? Then it would be inconceivable. That's what, if you get liberation for that, then what would be the outcome, the reciprocation for those friends of his? And Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur says that he parses it by saying, so that's the murderous attention. Then Shanta would deliver something superior to that, you know. And then Dasya, Sakya, Vatsawi, he's showing gradations of inconceivableness. What you describe is very high, but very often we can see that different souls and evolution, spiritual evolution, mm -hmm. evolve very high positions, like sometimes being Indra, sometimes being demigods. Yes. Or great munis and rishis. Yes. And they quite often happen to make some mistakes. Yes. You know, misuse their power, or even Durvasa Muni, who's a great, you know, mm -hmm. rishi, he could not understand Ambarish Maharaj. So, we can understand there's something special about the devotees. That's what I'd like to hear. What makes different, like, pure devotee from, you know, this. Ultimately, we can say high souls who's in a very high managerial universal position or very high sedantic position or yogic position. 
And that's one question. The second part of the question, we're definitely not that group of devotees which are praised in the Bhagavatam. So how to harmonize with this? Saying like, well, Durvasa Muni can't understand what we can understand. Right. So then taking the help of Jiva Goswami and others and our Guru Varga, our first level of interpretation will be that to participate in the pastimes of Krishna as opposition, that's not by accident. Just back to casting and scripting by Baladev and Yogamaya. In this world, if we look at a movie, sometimes some famous actor will play a very evil man. And he'll be happy to do that. Maybe normally he plays somebody very nice and we'll hear him, how excited he was to finally play somebody evil. And maybe he'll even get the Academy Award for that performance. And meaning, the more people hate him, the more offensive he is, the better the role. So Guru Maharaj, one of his examples, if a king says he wants to spar, he wants to box with someone, they don't take a man from the street, but it's one of the king's associates. He'll box with his majesty or the prince or someone, not somebody else. So similarly, when Krishna wants to play in different ways, those souls, and again, it, there'll be some history, some pastime, some legend to accompany that. And this is misunderstood by neophytes as uh, souls falling from the spiritual world. If there's some argument there, like in this world, they tell somebody, well, you can go to hell. So when they do that in the spiritual world, that means like, come here. Right? So then someone apparently does something offensive there. This is what Guru Maharaj puts under the heading of the necessity of Leela. So one of the cowherd boys will become Shankachuda. So that when Krishna and the gopis, they're playing, then the Shankachuda demon comes to disrupt the pastimes and all the gopis are afraid and running and he has to be killed. But that only a great devotee can play that role. Who can be a demon in Gokula Vrindavan? An actual demon or some highly elevated soul who's playing that role? Then the position of Indra Brahma. So then it's mentioned in the Bhagavatam, in the fourth canto, that if you execute your Varnashramic Swadharma perfectly, for 100 lifetimes, you qualify to be Brahma. And then it in indicates if you go beyond that, you can qualify for, the, for Shivata, which means like Shiva Loka. Doesn't mean to actually be Shiva, but a position likened to Shiva. It's also mentioned that sometimes there are not jivas qualified to take the position of Brahma. So sometimes Krishna, an expansion of Krishna becomes Brahma, or an expansion of Krishna becomes Indra. So these are, you know, karmi posts, right? 
Abrahma Bhuvanaloka Punar. So from, you know, Indra Gopa, Indra to Indra Gopa. Yastendra Gopa Matavendra Ahosva Karma. These are all karmic positions according to Brahma Sangita. So if we want to understand the delineation, Sanatana Goswami Prabhu is the Sambandha Gyan and Sambandha Tattva Acharya. So he's showing incrementally what is higher and lower. So, and that comes in the first half of the Brihad Bhagavatamritam. So then we see they go from the Brahmins in Prayag to the South Indian king to Puri to Indra means then Svarga, the heavenly planets. Why is Indra being praised? Not only for the quality of his puja and worship, but then we're told, and his younger brother is Vamandev. He's got an avatar in the family. But we see that Indra has also been described as the most sexually inclined of all the demigods, and he gets into trouble at different times because of his mundane tendencies. But if we had to locate him, he would be in the realm of karma misra bhakti. But from Indra's position, he may say, yes, by our good fortune, Vama and Avatar appeared. But Brahma, he's Atmabhu. He's born from the navel of Garbhadakshai Vishnu. So he's praising Brahma as having the superior position. Satyaloka, topmost planet, still within the Saguna world. Brahmaloka, Satyaloka, Brahma, what does Guru Maharaj say? He compares him, in one sense, to this Madhva guru that he met once, who apologized and said to him that like, Oh, Swamiji, I don't have time for my mantra and my japa. I'm so busy managing this mat. <laughs> so Guru Maharaj says, when Narada gets to Brahma and, Bra- and he's praising Brahma, you're Atmabhu, you're born from the Lord himself, you're so exalted. And, and Brahma is saying, I'm so busy managing this universe. I don't have time for spiritual culture. But Mahadev Shiva, he's completely detached from the world. And right, and Shiva Loka exists beyond the Saguna plane. So, and Shiva is so detached, he's described in different ways. So when he approaches Shiva, now we've left the Saguna world and we're in the interim period. Here's the southern hemisphere of the Vaikuntha world, the topmost planets of the material world, but in that interim position, intermediate position, Shiva Loka. And Narada is praising Shiva, Vaishnavanam, Yata, Shambhu, etc. But Shiva is deferring to Prahlad. Because Shiva occupies these three positions, Bhogshiv, Tyagshiv, Bhaktashiv. So here, this is Tyagshiv praising Bhakta Prahlad. And that's the beginning of what? Shuddha Bhakti. It's no longer Karma Misra Bhakti. Shiva's position would be tantamount to Jnana Misra Bhakti. Beginning of Shuddha Bhakti, Prahlad Maharaj. Seventh canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. What did Saraswati Thakur speak of when he's touring Brajamandal Parikram and, and some places they expect him to speak of something very high and confidential? He spoke about Prahlad Maharaj. Why? Guru Maharaj said, 
to, so that everyone would understand what the basis is, to have a strong foundation. You need to understand what is the beginning of Shuddha Bhakti and what is Prahlad's famous statement? Nasabritya Savaibanik. When the Sringadev's offering him, you're so devoted to me, Prahlad, whatever boon you would like, I'm ready to offer that to you. And Prahlad's heart is hurt. And he's thinking, did you think I did all of this because I wanted to get something from you? A boon, some remuneration. That's why it's the beginning of pure devotion. He's not calculating what's beneficial for him. He's not calculating what will be best for his improvement. Just out of his love and affection for Nasringadev, remembering the Lord. So he says that Nasabritya Sabaibanik, I am your aspiring servitor. I'm not Vanik means businessman. He said, I'm not a businessman, this is not a business transaction. I do something for you and then you give something to me. Just out of love and affection, I do these things. But Prahlad says, but my lamentation, I don't have any service. I can always remember my Lord. And, and he says to Narada, the way Guru Mars tells that part is very sweet because Narada, on the advice of Shiva, has approached Prahlad and he's praising Prahlad so much. Saraswati Tagore said, if a sadhu flatters me, he becomes my enemy. So not only is a sadhu, his guru is mad with praise for the disciple. So Guru Maharaj says, Prahlad says, Gurudev, stop, please. Don't say these things. You're my guru and you're giving so much praise to me. That's not good for my ego. And Narada says, oh, I'm just saying. No, but don't. Right? And then when he says, and actually all this remembrance of the lotus feet of the Lord, of his holy name, all this strength I've got, is by your mercy. It's by your grace. You're giving all this praise to me, but without you, I'm nothing. Right? As Guru Maharaj says, without Guru, we are lifeless clay. So, yogyata vichare kichu nahi pai tomara karunasar. Really, Prahlad saying, no, Gurudev, Tanarada, it's all your grace, and you're praising me, and that's making me embarrassed and shy and awkward. And, but, and yes, by your grace, Gurudev, I could remember the Lord under all those trying circumstances, but I have no seva. But Hanuman, he's always serving his Lord Ram. I admire Hanuman. And so you see, Krishna consciousness is a mutual appreciation association. And how all the pratishta is being transferred to guru. Narada's pra Who is Narada? He's one of the greatest devotees ever. And what is Narada doing? Going from one devotee to another, telling him how great they are. So anyway, then he's praising Hanuman. And what is Hanuman? He's, and we, how does he approach Hanuman? Also interesting, taking Ram Nam. He's thinking, what will make this devotee happy? Maybe Narada, he has, we know, he has his own conception of things as well. But he's thinking generously, 
Hanuman. What would be appropriate to say to Hanuman? What would make him happy? So he enters taking Ram Nam. And then Hanuman jumps up and they're dancing and taking Ram Nam. And Hanuman says, yes, I did have the chance to serve my Lord. But he has his Ram Murti. And so long ago were those pastimes. He's lost in divine remembrance. Remember, lamentation in Krishna consciousness yields substance. He's lamenting for a former time when he was able to serve to his heart's content. That opportunity is not always there. But in that lamentation is spiritual substance. And that's on a high level, that's Hanuman. But even for us, this is important. We also lament our lack of Krishna consciousness. But Guru Maharaj would say, that is the inverted measurement of some appreciation. When one devotee said, oh, I'm, I'm losing my taste for hearing the Bhagavatam and other things. And Guru Maharaj said, then, then don't read the Bhagavatam. And he said, no, I don't want to do that. And Guru Maharaj said, oh, then you do have some appreciation. So the lamentation for a lack of opportunity or many things, it also yields higher substance and some value. Anyway, so that Hanuman, he's saying, although my Lord left so long ago, he said, I heard that recently, and this is his vision, that he's appeared as Krishna. My Lord Ram has appeared as Krishna, and such friendly dealings with the Pandavas, Hanuman's Dasya Rasa. So friendship, as Das Goswami says, Dasyayate mama namastu namastu satyam, sakayame mama namastu namastu nityam, saying it's beyond what I can conceive. They're never making an ostentatious display of achievement. Look at Hanuman. He's thinking that the Sakya Rasa of the Pandavas, you're talking about how, what, we know something that they don't know? Look at with such astonishment and wonder, he's expressing appreciation for friendship. And when Narada invites him, then you come with me, let's go and meet with the Pandavas. He's saying, oh, in my monkey form, I wouldn't fit in in those pastimes. So he can appreciate it, at the same time understand his own position. Narada goes to praise the Pandavas. You're so dear to Krishna, he's always saving you, your family, Arjun, thick and thin, Yudhisthira. And what does Yudhisthira Maharaj say? Our position is so unfortunate that, <clears throat> he said, when I think about it, I think that anyone who's interested in Krishna consciousness, and they hear about our pastimes, they'll be discouraged. Because they'll think, being a devotee means just a life of trouble. And just one wrong, you know, one unfortunate event after another. So you're offering all this praise, but I think if they see our pastimes, no one will want to be involved in Krishna consciousness. There are people in India, for example, they will not keep a Mahabharata in their house. You know why? Because they think it, it'll lead to family quarreling. 
<laughs> that tells us a few things about Indian people, how on one, you can't compete with them in terms of sangskar. <laughs> They're not going to keep a Mahabharata in their house because it might lead to family quarreling. But they have that much faith and belief in Mahabharata. When I asked Sandeep once, just innocently, I said, when was the last time India had one king for the whole place? He said, Yudhisthira. He doesn't say, well, there's a legend in the ancient mythology. No, he just said, you know, every Yudhisthira Maharaj. It's in their DNA. You can't compete with them. So anyway, so that's what Yudhisthira says. And Narada says, no, Prabhu, that's not the message of your pastimes. The message of your pastimes is when a devotee is in great difficulty or trouble or some in seemingly impossible situation that Krishna will come and save them. That's what we learn from your pastimes. And then what is Yudhisthira saying? Right. But he's not with, do you see him with us now? He's with those Yadavas and that Sudharma assembly hall. Narada goes there and what does he see? You can imagine. If you knew that the next person who was going to walk through this door was Krishna, how would we look at the door? If we really knew the next person who walked through the door was going to be Krishna in a few minutes. So Narada enters there and sees they're, they're all like, staring at this doorway. You talk about samadhi. I think Krishna is going to walk through that. He does every day. But today he's not. And he's praising the Yadavas. They're saying, all right, so much praise you're giving to us. But of us, we're all here. Who's on the other side of that door with Krishna? Uddhava. We're out here. He's in there. Then when Narada enters, what does he find? That's the day Krishna's feeling so much separation from Vrindavan, he can't get out of bed. And everybody's worried about him. The queens, they start sharing secrets, saying, you know, sometimes in his sleep, He's calling out the names of cows <clears throat> and cowgirls. And one queen says, what do you mean in his sleep? Sometimes in the day, he's just staring out the window, doing the same thing. Daydreaming. So not only the night dream, daydreaming. And Rohini starts explaining. They always turn to her because she has a position in Vrindavan and Dwarka to give some adjustment. And Krishna, what's happening? He's we can say this, according to what we've heard from Guru Maharaj. Like in this world, when something is moving, going very fast, a great velocity in a particular direction, if you stop it suddenly, in other words, means it's being pulled in another direction, it creates vikriti, distortion, a type of transformation. We've seen, they show the man moving at six, you know, a thousand kilometers per hour, and you see the, the face changing because of the pull from the other direction. So Krishna, the infinite, at the speed of infinite, he's in Dwaraka Leela. But the pull 
of Vrindavan Leela is so great, even upon Dwaraka Krishna, can pull Dwaraka Krishna out of Dwaraka toward Vrindavan. And what's the resistance create? He's in this ecstatic condition. He's feeling separation from Vrindavan. What happens? It's contraction and expansion. The contraction, his arms enter within his body. It's so intense. And his legs. His eyes are becoming very large. So in other words, he's taken the form of Jagannath. And when Balaram and Subhadra enter the room and see him, Krishna, Dwarka Krishna's in this ecstatic transformation into the form of Jagannath, feeling separation from Vrindavan, they, by contact with him, they become like that. So it's Jagannath, Subhadra, and Balabhadra. But in that, I'm not going to tell the rest. There's so much more that goes beyond that. So now it's established. Uddhava is the highest devotee of all. The whole first half of the Brihad Bhagavatamritam has worked its way to this point. Right? And what does Uddhava say? Asamaho charunarain ujushamahangshang Vrindavane kimapigulma latosadinam yadushjajam swajanam arjapatam chahitva bejur mukunda parivim shrutibir vimrigyam. That there's no comparison with Radharani and Brajagopis. When a pundit from South India, Shrutadar, he had memorized the whole Bhagavad Purana, 18,000 slokas, at least 16, 2,000 might be. Not apparent. Still a lot. And he meets Guru And then, uh, so you're familiar with the whole Bhagavad Purana. In your estimation, who are the greatest devotees there? And he says, Chatushan, the four Kumaras. What do you say? Guru said, they're in the lowest position. They are great devotees, but they're in the lower position. And with two slokas, he uh, proved his point. Bhaktivinoda Tagore says there's Barabhyahi and Saragrahi. One's carrying Shastric knowledge, and it reminds me of the coolies at Howrah Station. They'd put all this stuff, like you think they have enough on the head, then they get another two coolies to put another trunk uh, on top where they can't reach. And I thought once, I thought, this man's heart is, I'm going to see a man's heart burst before my very eyes. Like, how can he possibly do this? So, Saragrahi is the opposite. So that man, he's carrying these 18,000 slokas. His heart is going to burst. Guru Maharaj, with two slokas, because why? He's Saragrahi. Saragrahi, who grasps the essence, who can extract the inner meaning of the scripture in two slokas. And see how his strategy, quote Krishna, like, if you don't believe me when I tell you this, all right, here's what Krishna says. Atmayoni. He's saying, you, my dear Uddhava, and Sanatana Goswami says in his Brihad Bhagavatamritam Tik, that he means devotee, but Uddhava is in front of him, so he's indicating him because topmost, because in a particular context he is. And he's saying, you're more dear to me than Atmabhu, means Brahma, Shankar, that means uh, uh, Shiva, 
Sankarshan means like Balaram, but he used Sankarshan because Balaram, that would be a little touchy. And Sri, meaning Lakshmi, saying, you are more dear to me than them. That seems impossible, but true. And he said, and to what do we, in fact, you are naivatma tayatabhavan. I am not as dear to me as you are to me. And we know self-preservation is the highest of all and self-love and, you know, learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. <laughs> but Krishna says, you are more dear to me than, than I am to myself. So in the first sloka, Guru Maharaj established the position, the authority of Uddhava, clearly. So no less than Krishna says he's the best. And they didn't even make the short list, the four Kumaras, with all due respect, in this context. Brahma, Shiva, Sankarshan, Sri. So now, then what say you Uddhava? Asam aho chararen ujusham ahangsham. Vrindavan ekam apigumalatosadinam. Yadjustajam swajanam arjapacham tehitva. Bejur mukunda parivrim sutibir vimrigyam. What is my asha, my aspiration? Asam aho chararen He wants to be, get the dust of the lotus feet of the Brajagopis. Then one might say, as the acharyas have said, then ask. You want the dust from the... Then ask them. No, I cannot. Why? They won't give. They think I am so... They heard Krishna say how great I... They won't... They'll never do that. They will never give me the dust from their lotus feet. Then... Well, then I have another strategy. And really, they are so great. When Krishna made me deliver that letter to Radharani and Brajagopis, I could understand there was a letter for them, but also he wanted me to see not only how great they are, but the greatest type of devotion. And I was an eyewitness to the love and affection the Brajagopis have for Krishna, and particularly Radharani, and she became spun off in her own divine madness, the Brahma Gita. I witnessed these things. And then rose this aspiration in my heart to get the dust of their feet. An atomic presence in that plane. Asamaho Vrindavan And Vrindavan, to be a Brajalata, a leaf, a creeper, a blade of grass, the, whatever the least the, uh, uh, aspect is, an atomic presence in that plane. And what? When the Brajagopis are their lotus feet, Radha, Padman, Kitadam, Vrindavan, Jardanam, when Radharani and Brajagopis' lotus feet are moving in that chinmoy soil embellished with her holy lotus feet, some of the dust may come upon me and shh, don't tell them. That way I'll get it. Whereas Brahma, in his prayer, said, says, Tadburi Bhagyam, Ihajanma Kimbapyatavyan, Gokulepi, Karamangri Rajobhishekam. He's praising the feet dust of the bridge basis. These slokas are very similar, actually. But Chakravarti Thakur points out, but Urva is saying, of the bridge basis, more specifically, Radharani and Vrajagopis, their feet dust. Bande nanda brajasvinam parare numa bhikshnasa 
Yasod Harikato Gitam Punanti Bhuvanatrayam. And when they sing about Krishna, the whole universe becomes purified. These Brajagopis. Bande Nanda Brajas Brajastri. Padarenum Abhiksha. And I want to get the dust of their feet. Yasod Harikato Gitam Udgita Hari. They're making a loud kirtan in praise of Krishna. That's purifying everywhere. Not just this world, every world. Sometimes three worlds means Burbhavasva. Sometimes it means like this world, Vaikuntha, Dwarka, Goloka, like that. That's the power of their Harikata, their Krishna Kata. Akila Rasamrita Murti Krishna. We have to remember when we think that, oh, he's Rasa personified. Let me say, well, there are many different types of rasas. Yes, so he has his many avatars, incarnations, expansions to accommodate everyone. Even Rupa Goswami and the brother Anupam and uh, Murari Gupta, who's taken to be Hanuman, when they're in Gauralila, in one instance, Mahaprabhu preaching to Murari Gupta and the other Rup, maybe Jiva, Anupam, and they're unable to convert them. It's a very beautiful thing, actually. And they're saying, you know, Murari Gupta says, my heart is sold to the lotus feet of Ramachandra. I can't withdraw them. And what does he think? I have to report to Mahaprabhu tomorrow morning before the sun rises, if I die, that would be good for me. That's the only solution. Maybe I'll die before the sun rises. But the sun rises and he does not die. And he presents himself to Mahaprabhu and explains, I understand everything you're saying. Theoretically and beyond theoretically. I, I love it. I appreciate it. But I cannot withdraw the lotus feet of Ramachandra from my heart. And what is Mahaprabhu? Is he upset? No. He laughs, smiles, and he writes on his forehead, Ramdas. Like, you're hopeless. <laughs> but in the best possible way. And so who is he? He's the Asraya Vigraha of Dasya Rasa. So even the Brajagopis, those in the, by analysis, who we can say are in higher positions, they're worshiping the type of devotion that Hanuman has. This is the way the higher servitors are. They're not discriminating against the others as being lower. They admire them. They're, they're looking at their devotion, the devotion of Hanuman, the Prahlad, his determination, and how under all circumstances he never forgets his Lord. They're appreciating the qualities of all these different devotees. They're not... This analysis that we sometimes engage in carelessly, they never do. When some devotees were carelessly representing things they heard from Srila Guru Maharaj, I mean, I'll, I'll include myself at times, try and remind myself to be cautious about it. But uh, they were presenting something like that how Madhura Rasa is superior to Vatsalya Rasa. But the way it was coming out, was as a slight toward Yashoda, whereas, and the Sarartha Darshini Tika of Vishwanath on the 10th canto, when he 
out of necessity, again, service necessity, he's in a charge uh, giving explanations on the inner meaning of the scriptures. He'll say, why Yashoda's position is more fortunate than Devaki? He'll give one example of that and then say, it's not possible to discuss this further and I'm not going to because he doesn't want to risk the offense. So when Guru Maharaj heard that in his name, this careless application of rasa analysis was being employed, he said, my heart is mortified to hear these things. And he said beautifully, every morning when Srimati Radharani awakens, he said, the first thing she does with some of her group members, they go to the doorstep of Nanda Bhavan and they give their dandavats to Yashoda because they think without Yashoda, there's no Krishna. <laughs> he said, that's who they are. That's the, how they operate. They're, they're bowing at the footstep of Yashoda. Yashoda va mahabhaga stanam Papo Yasyastanam Hari Nanda Kim Akarod Brahmam Shreya Eva Mahodayam. Where Parikatmar is hearing all these things from Sukadev, it's not awakening offensive discrimination in him, but rather it's awakening a, a, uh, a careful appreciation in him of others. That's, there's a big difference. So when he hears, about Nanda Maharaj, the 10th canto is making its ascent. So we're hearing the, the devotion of Devaki and Vasudev to Nanda Yashoda. And so when he thinks like Krishna is putting the padukas of Nanda Maharaj, his slippers, on his head and bringing them to his father, Parikat Maharaj is melting. He's thinking, how sweet. What type of God conception is this? God, he's carrying the shoes of his devotees on his head. Yashoda is calling sadhus to bless Krishna. She's taking the feet dust from sadhus and sprinkling it on Krishna's head for his protection. So Guru Maharaj will say, Yashoda, we don't think of her as a charja, a charja material, a big guru in this line. Yashodava Mahabhaga. What? Who is she? What did she do to achieve this position? And Guru Maharaj says, if from time to time some expression comes from the heart of Yashoda, like a volcanic eruption, then everyone, the devotion of everyone in the spiritual world will be upgraded simultaneously. And what does she say? She is upset hearing these rumors of Krishna's divinity. Full circle. We're here ostensibly making propaganda in favor of Krishna conception. To enter a world where to express Krishna's divinity may be get you a slap on the face. And say, where did this nonsense idea come to you? <laughs> From the Jnana Shunya Bhakta. Who? Why do they love Krishna? Personally, his personality, not his position, not his majestic aspect. That may cause some pain in their heart to see those kind of things. When Parikat Maharaj hears this, 
Nandakim Akarod Brahman Sreyeva Mahodam. What did he do, this Nanda Maharaj, to achieve this type of position? We already know in a general sense what yogis, tapashis, jnanis, what they do. And that's not nothing. Giving up the world and exclusively you know, Brahman Upasam Ashram, that's the noble, noblest struggle, the noblest fight, the greatest achievement. But it doesn't end there. So he's saying, they consider themselves most fortunate if in their heart they have a glimpse of the Paramatma. But here, beyond the Paramatma and the subjective world, super subjective, super, super subjective, the Aprakrita Leela of Vrindavan, Krishna is doing these kinds. What did that Nanda Maharaj do? And then it's indicated a little bit finer, but as exalted as his position is, as fortunate as he is, Yashoda's position is even greater. Yashodava Mahabhaga, Mahabhaga, greater fortune does she possess? Stanam Yasya, Papo Yasya, Stanam Hari. Krishna's on her lap, sucking her breast. He's saying, this is inconceivable to me. How did they achieve these positions? And what it allows for is that the stage be set. Who is Krishna? Who are his devotees? What is Vrindavan? What is this place at last we've reached where Krishna will not only appear, but having manifest his childhood pastimes with Nanda Yashoda, then, uh, I mean, baby, then the childhood pastimes with the cowherd boys, and then the Kishore pastimes with Brajagopis. But those Brajagopis, what do they think? We're told by Chakrabarti Thakur and others that they're thinking like, oh, I wish I was a cowherd boy. Then we could go play with Krishna in the forest in the daytime. But now we have to wait for him to come back. And then they rendezvous in the evening. In the morning. But they're thinking, it would be so cool to be a cowherd boy. They're thinking that would be a better position. So Rupa Goswami says, the, one of the symptoms of devotion is to always appreciate the devotion of other devotees. But that's a loaded statement too. So where do we find the greatest type? If we're going to appreciate devotion, then where are we going to find the greatest type of devotion? In the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, on the section on Rasa Bas, if someone makes a devotional, a seemingly devotional expression towards the Brahma aspect, it's considered incompatible, Rasa Bas, inappropriate. Same thing towards Paramatma. So we're talking minimally Bhagavan. But when we reach that realm, Bhagavan, Lakshmi Narayan, etc., in very simple way, we're shown who possesses the superior devotion, and it goes in both directions, the object devotion as well as the possessor of the devotion. And quite simply, when Krishna shows forearm form to the Brajagopis, we're told, Rago Daya Kunjati, their hearts are disappointed full of disappointment because then what does that tell us? There's some sort of devotion in their heart that cannot be 
fulfilled when expressed towards Vishnu and Narayan? What is it? Of all the things that are coming, what is so unique to them that they alone possess that and no one can be the object of that devotion other than Krishna? Sometimes Guru Maharaj will remind us, there's only Krishna Prem. Prem is actually only, there's no Vishnu Prem or Shiva Prem or any other type of Prem. There's only Krishna Prem. And we can say by extension, Gaur Prem. This is the only place where it's appropriate to use this word, Prem. It's not used towards any other god or any other extent. Then other things, Vishnu Bhakti, the different types of devotion. But Prem really is Premanjana Churita Bhakti Velochanena Santaksa Deva Hridayeshu Vilokayanti. Young Shama Sundarama Chintraguna Surupam. Govindam Ari Purusham Tambaham Vajami. Radharani and her group, the Brajagopis, when they meet Dwarka Krishna, they're disappointed. Not just Narayana Vaikuntha, to take it even to another level. Dwarka Krishna cannot satisfy what's in their hearts. Guru Maharaj said, when he first heard about Jnana Shunya Bhakti and that plane, as I told the other day, he said, Krishna likes to surround himself with ignorant people. And we're thinking, what? I thought only the highest section of liberated souls can be there. He means jnana shunya bhaktas. Their heart has eclipsed the majestic aspect of knowledge and understanding of Krishna. It's receded. It's in the background. Right? It's subservient to heart. Eclipsed so that they can actually deal with him individually, personally, one-on-one. Guru Maharaj, who was a Bhattacharya Brahmin, studying Vedas as a boy, and this extraordinary capacity for extraction from Veda, Puran, and When he heard about Jnana Shunya Bhakti, he said, it was like a hammer hitting me on the head. <laughs> like, which is also a perfect example because Jan, they had like a hammer on my head. He's saying, the gopis, they're not scholars, but no one has superior heart to them. Aradya Bhagavan Brajeshatanayasta Dhamma Vrindavanam Ramya Kachirupasana Brajabadu Bargena Jakalpitai. Mahaprabhu is worshiping the Braja gopis. They are superior in self-giving and self-oblivion, self-forgetfulness and offering themselves to Krishna irresistibly. So then, but I, I once said to Guru Maharaj in line, I was thinking, Saraswati Thakur said, Sridhara Sakalambeti, Sridhar knows everything. And Guru Maharaj is always explaining so many things. And I said, you're like in a little teasing way, I said, you're always talking about jnana shunya bhakti, knowledge-free devotion. I said, but Maharaj, Sridhara Sakalam Beti, you know everything. And Guru Maharaj was like, <laughs> like he was caught. <laughs> and then he, he said, when knowledge comes to serve devotion, then it's in its rightful position. Aha. Uh-huh. That's when it reveals its value. And when it comes to serve devotion. Jnana Shunya Bhakta means through seva, through heart, seva with heart, 
you cross over Gyan, the plain of Gyan. No necessity for it. Right? That maybe they're in a Madhyam stage of the, they just go beyond that through heart. So Guru said, by serving a Mahabhagavata, a third class devotee can bypass the second class stage because they've entered the plane of heart of love and affection. Uttara, hearing from Parikit Maharaj, the Brihad Bhagavatamritam, at the end of the first half, she says, this is so wonderful what you've described, but when I hear of the devotion, Nanda Yashoda Subal Sridam, Radharani Brajagopis, I don't see how they could be accommodated in Vaikuntha. Is there some other world beyond that? Where they reside? And that's what the second half is called Goloka Mahatmyam and follows a similar structure. Really, if we look at the Brihad Bhagavatamritam of Sanatan Goswami Prabhu, it's divided in two sections, but they, they reach the same conclusion. Narada, it's a gradation. Here's the Bhakti Siddhanta Charja showing what all the different levels are. Sometimes Guru Maharaj will say in Upadesh Amrita, Rupa Goswami leapt from Baikunta to Mathura in a single bound. Baikunta, Janidopara, Bara, Madhupuri. Because in that sense, I'm just saying what Guru Maharaj said. He's past Ayodhya, he went straight from Baikunta to Mathura because why birth pastimes? No birth pastimes in Vaikuntha. No, what did Guru say? No youngsters there. And no youngsters in Vaikuntha. So, because we've heard about Krishna pushing the two extra arms to play a joke on the Brajagopis. But in relation to the Balaji deity, some uh, other type of stories were Vishnu trying to conceal two arms. But even in the Gopakumar story, when he reached from, you know, the Shalagram worshipping Brahmins, to South India, to Puri, to Indraloka, to Brahmaloka, Shiva Loka, and on to Vaikuntha proper, at one stage, because when he's entered Vaikuntha, when he sees Narayan and all of his grandeur, majestic aspect of divinity, Aiswarja, he cries out, hey, Gopal! And people go like, shh. And I'm like, that's not how you address the Lord. And I'm like, he's, you know, uh, <laughs> I think of the Thai word, but I don't even know if I can say that. Let's just say he's from the country. <laughs> country folk. Country folk means Vrindavan. That's a Prakrita Leela of Krishna who appear to be the most unsophisticated, they're super sophisticated, who appear to be the least knowledgeable, no more than anyone else. That's the peculiarity of Krishna Leela. Guru Maharaj, again, I'm just quoting Guru Maharaj saying, but referring to Brother Gobi, he said, half civilized, and I'll use the word, silly jungle girls. Here's another word, but half-civilized, silly jungle girls, posing that way. But when we hear their dialogue and their wordplay, we see 
how they're masters of Sanskrit language and double meaning and innuendo. And like the person I met here who personified and exemplified that was Srila Bhakti Sundar Govinda Dev Goswami Maharaj. This delightful repartee, wordplay that's at once amusing but profoundly, it has a profound aspect to it in terms of spiritual implications. But so they're telling him that they're saying, oh, he doesn't know, he doesn't dress properly, he doesn't address the Lord properly, saying, hey, Gopal, to Vaikuntha Narayan. But Narayan, he wants to, the Lord, please, Bhakta Vatsal, please his devotees, and tells at one point, Lakshmi, you become Radha and I'll be Krishna. And that'll make him happy. Just as we hear in the, the Hanuman story approaching Dwarka, Krishna says to first to Satyabhama, you become Sita and I'll be Ram and that'll please Hanuman. Satyabhama, Bhamabhav, not agreeable. So told to hide, Rukmini. But here a reversal. And we're told that is appreciated by Gopakumar up to a point, close but no sagar. So he's, it's not what he imagines. So he's amused up to a point, but there's something lacking in this portrayal. It doesn't have the sweetness of Vrindavan. So then it's telling us it's something beyond even these forms, apparently. There's some other sweet element there that was lacking, even when they're in Vaikuntha giving a representation of Radha and Krishna. And even after achieving Dwaraka, Narada and Uddhava, he, they meet at Uddhava's house and Uddhava's saying in you know, quiet tones, like, you know, Dwarka is a wonderful place, don't get me wrong, but you are meant for another place. That I know. And it always culminates each half with what comes from the mouth of Uddhava. So that Uddhava told him, you are meant for another place, that plane. Whereas Guru Maharaj told us, like, Everything is made out of sugar <laughs> or sweetness. Like we, we know at the, on holidays, sometimes they make some sweets in the shape of trees or flowers or other things. The whole thing is sweet. And that's what he's telling us. Goloka Vrindavan and that plane, it's permeated by Madhura Rasa. Well, of which the other uh, rasas are satellites or clients, but it's permeated by this sweetness. In fact, the beautiful thing we find in Srimad Bhagavatam, and what comes to mind is the last chapter of the Brihad Bhagavatam Ritam, the Galoka Mahatmya, begins with appreciation for the soil of Vrindavan. The soil the insects, like the bees, the birds, the bees, then the trees, plants, there's a gradation of 
appreciation that is given there. It's and it sort of and it proceeds along the lines of a crescendo, ultimately putting the spotlight on Madhura Rasa. But from the very beginning are all these slokas about how wonderful just Vrindavan is, the soil of Vrindavan. Like we hear in uh, Charitamritam, Baikuntia Priti Vyadi Sakala Chinmoy. Priti means the soil, the land. Even that is Chinmoy. So they're praising that. Brajagopis praising the position of the trees of Vrindavan, the rivers in Vrindavan. So those who are in the highest position, they're full of heartfelt appreciation and praise for those who by a comparative analysis are in a lower position. So, but interestingly, when Gopakumar arrives, you know, his first day, so to speak, in the spiritual world, he's searching for the house of Nanda Maharaj. And when he asks people, they like, oh, you know, like, don't say that, you know, they're, they're ignoring him. They, it seems to be evoking some sort of angry disposition from them. And some are statue-like, unmoving, unresponsive. And he's thinking, having just been through all the different worlds possible, that either one of two things, either these are the most miserable people that I've ever met or ever seen, I've never seen this level of misery expressed by anyone. Or they're experiencing something internally that is so extraordinary, but yet is being expressed outwardly in this way. And what he comes to realize is this is just a typical day in Vrindavan. And what the calamity is, is that Krishna has gone to the forest with Balaram and the cowherd boys herding the cows. They're feeling separation from Krishna. I'm told when he gets ready to go and leave home, Mother Yasoda, they, this goes on, it happens so many times that she lets go, calls him back, lets him go, grabs him, brings him back, lets him, it keeps, you know, till finally somehow he's able to make it away from Nandavavan into the depths of the Vrindavan forest. So it's Bahi Vishajalahoy Bitare Anandamoy Krishna Premier Adbhuta Charit. Externally, it appears as though they're suffering like they've been uh, snake bite, poisoned. Internally, they're relishing some extraordinary, peculiar sweetness, nectarine substance. And but he sees, not unlike those Yadavas looking in that doorway, they're all, there's a, a dust cloud approaching and they're all looking that way. And gradually as, and what that dust cloud is, it's uh, Goraja. <laughs> like the dust from the hooves of the cows. And Gurudev was joking and Govardhan, his devotees were coughing severely there uh, because of the dust. And, and, and he said, but you were praying for this dust. <laughs> and he said, and now it has come. And everyone's going, 
He said, but you prayed. <laughs> but anyway, and we're told that as the cloud of dust is moving toward them, there's the, the sound of the hooves of all the calves, and then gradually they start hearing the flutes of Krishna and the cowherd boys and other music, and their songs, and then some shapes start to emerge, and then you see there's Krishna and Balaram, and they're all singing and dancing, and Krishna is covered with that dust, and his hair is messed up from all the cow herding. And Gormaraj, this he's saying, the, he looks so beautiful then, he described it as agreeable negligence. Because after, you know, the hard day of herding cows in the Vrindavan forest, but as they're coming, then you start seeing the shapes and everyone's coming back to life from the death-like stage of separation they've been experiencing. And then Krishna sees Gopakumar. And Krishna starts running, Gopakumar starts running, and they run and they find each other, they meet each other, and they embrace. said, Krishna turns and says, how could you live without me for so long? But when you took this birth, I knew in this lifetime you would come to me. I was restless with anticipation, so eager. And then Krishna faints. He's so overwhelmed. It's his first day, you can say, just for a matter of speaking, in the spiritual world. Now everything was going great, it's perfect. And now Krishna faints, and now the group, everyone's angry at him. And they're thinking, who is this? Maybe it's some sort of demon in disguise. Because they're familiar, intimately familiar with Krishna's pastimes. And, but Balaram knows everything, is an understatement. And gradually Krishna comes back to Krishna consciousness. <laughs> and he's sees Gopakumar and express his heart and love and affection and they go to Nanda Bhavan for bathing and dinner. And we're told that that meal, his group is the Radharani's family line, although he's cowherd boy. And he's so happy to be there. He sees Nanda Maharaj, Krishna, Balaram, Radharani and Brajagopi is such a happy scene. Mother Yashoda and even Chandravali's group is there. And now they're starting to give, feed Krishna. And Radharani gives one of her specialty, a particular type of ladu. And, then, and Krishna takes that and he tastes, he's smiling and he tastes it and he goes, ooh! so bitter and says you know maybe your family they like this kind of thing he tosses it over to Gopa Kumar and Mother Yashoda she's looking at Radharani giving her a look and Chandravali's group they're all happy yes. and then Gopa Kumar he takes that ladu tossed over by Krishna and he tastes it, 
And it's the most wonderful thing he's ever tasted in all time and space, all experience. And Krishna's smiling, he was just joking. <laughs> then Radharani and Mother said, they're all happy, Chandravali's group, they're sound. <laughs> so Guru Maharaj told them we had made search for Sri Krishna reality to beautiful, Sri Guru and his grace, golden volcano of divine love, it's time to make another book. And Guru said, in the first book, you're showing how the devotees are searching for Krishna, reality the beautiful. And incidentally, it culminates with Krishna as Mahaprabhu searching for Sri Krishna. There it's, it's structured, uh, it's thematic. And with Guru Maharaj's sloka, he said the all-conquering conclusion, Atma, Lila Savasiddha, Purna Loksha, Purna Sokya Lakshanam. He said, so we showed that in the volume one, in the first book. He said, now we shall show that as the devotees are searching for Krishna, Krishna is also searching for his devotees. He said, but it is a loving search, a loving search. The Lord's loving search for his lost servant. It's a loving search for the lost servant. And that's why it begins with the tale of Govakumar, which is perfectly presented by Sanatana Goswami Prabhu, how the gradations of what dive deep into reality means. And in its highest expression. On account of conscious development of dedicating tendency, that's what qualifies one to enter that plane. Mahaprabhu say, himself saying, in consideration of my karma and what I deserve, certainly I will be born lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. But let me have connection with devotees. How valuable is that? Bhaktivinoda Thakur sings. Kita jan maho jata tuadas bahirmuk brahma janme nahiyash. I'd rather be kita in the house of the devotee, proper, proper bhajan, than, than bahir, you know, four headed brahma who's not a devotee. You think, come on. Brahma, an insect in the house of a devotee is a better position than being Brahma? If you can follow what is being said by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who descended in this world from Goloka Vrindavan to broadcast this message, if you consider yourself an aspiring servitor in the Bhaktivinoda Paribar, that's his decision, his Siddhanta. Siddhanta, Siddhanta. Better Akita. And what does Raghunath Das Goswami say? Yatkin Chitrigu Maki Katamukam Goste Samastamitat Sarvananda. Because what do they do? And Vrindavan, he says, I'm just taking it there for a moment. 
He said, they're lilanu kul, they're favorable to the pastimes, and what are they? Mukunda doita. They're dear to Mukunda because he likes the bees, and the bees sing Hari Kata and the, everything in Vrindavan. It's in the Bhagavatam, in the second canto, the king of the bumblebees starts singing Hari Kata, and everyone, Krishna and Balaram, concluded that he's singing and dancing, and they're all listening to his kirtan and giving them great joy. Can we conceive a world like that? That king of the bumblebees is greater than uh, Brahma, any Brahma. They will bow their foreheads at his lotus feet and listen to his Hari Kirtan. Such a world exists. Mahaprabhu say, Ainanda Tanunda Kinkaram Patitamam Vishame Bhavambuto Kripaya Tavapada Pankaja Stitam he talks about becoming the paraduli, uh, uh, the dust of the lotus feet of the Lord. That means an atomic presence in that plane. That is the first legitimate aspiration at this point. Not to voyeuristically envision oneself as a super servitor in that plane. How humble. No. An atomic presence in that plane, Padaduli. And what does he say? Ai Nanda Tanuja. Who's Nanda Tanuja? Krishna, the son of Nanda Maharaj. Nanda Nandan. Yashoda Nandan. Ai Nanda Tanuja. Kinkaram Patita Mahabhishame Bhavam Budho. I am Krishna Kinkar. I am your servant. And what happened? I am your eternal servant, and at present I'm drowning in an ocean of ignorance, nescience, suffering, forgetfulness. So, how to rectify the situation? Then, my legitimate aspiration is atomic presence in your plane. Like Gurudev liked this one Makali song where the devotee's in the back of the temple and he's saying, like, Oh, Mother, in the back of your temple in the corner, let me be there. I promise I won't create any disturbance. I won't try to just way in the back, in the cor- little place in the corner, if you let me be there. That'll be very good for me. So he liked it because it's expressing a similar sentiment. Atomic presence in that plane. Once in St. Petersburg, someone was talking about something very high, and Srila Gurudev said, First, realize that, you know, they're talking about and realizing this and that, and you know. I say to the people, they think, oh, in Jaiva Dharma, then you can find out where your position. I said, like, how about the copyright page? That might be your level of achievement. Read that carefully. It's copyrighted by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. But anyway, Gurudev said, first, realize that you're a worm in a bucket of stool, and then proceed from there. Well, people don't like that because it's not like nectar prabhu. It doesn't have a jolly ring to it. Right? He said, first realize that, then make progress. <laughs> a worm in a bucket of stool. Jagai madhai hoite muise lagista, purisharikito hoite muise lagista. As said by Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. I am more sinful than Jagai and Madhai and lower than the worm in the stool. 
Quirinius at first realizes you're not, what does Kaviraj Goswami say? Lower than that. That's too high. That's too high an achievement. So Vaishnavism is always measured in the inverse. To the degree of the expressed negativity betrays the level of depth of positive achievement. So then, Gurmaraj said, if that wish is granted, an atomic presence in that plane, then coming in connection with, he said, the magic wand of the holy lotus feet of Krishna, a transformation occurs. And then what? Who only wanted that? now is filled with service aspirations. Now they want to serve in so many ways. It cannot be contained. We can understand this by inference from the sloka, Radha Mukunda Parasam Baba Garmabindu Nirmanchan Opakarani Kritadeho Laksham Utunga Sohradavrishesha Prashat Pragalbam Devin Gunai Sulalitam Lalitam Namami the least aspect of service, Lalitha Saki has the greatest magnitude of intensity toward the least aspect of service. Radharani and her group, they're looking for servitors. Yadkamapi, Brajakule, Rishabhan, Ujaya, Preksha, Japaksha, Paravim, Anubradyamanam, the Lalitha Saki sloka. She's canvassing in Vrindavan for her group. It doesn't say she's canvassing in the material world, but that's also going on in the Odarja pastimes of Mahaprabhu, Swivdamadar, Ramananda. But here it said, Yad Kamapi, Brajakule, Ujaya. She's canvassing in Vrindavan. Well, everyone in Vrindavan is of the highest quality of liberated souls. Yet she's canvassing them to join her group. And they're also submitting their names for consideration. So we hear, okay, so Shamananda, that when the matter was pressed to the extreme, then Radharani met with Subal and said, we're taking this one. This cowherd boy is being taken uh, to become a member of our group. Impossible of impossible things. And if one is intoxicated by this concept, they find this appealing, this inverted way of viewing things, then they can really go deep into Krishna consciousness. It's not conventional analysis. That's the point. And so we have to check the intellect from it turning into intellectual analysis. Sometimes, in speaking with Srila Guru Maharaj, uh, Hearing from him, certain questions automatically came with him. I'd ask a question and maybe go further. But sometimes if he detected is getting too much intellect coming, he'd stop and say, you're going to break your head. <laughs> I mean, are you going to go so high? And then crash, you're going to break your head. Sanatana Goswami's guru of Rupa Goswami. But we say, Rupa Sanatan, because Rupa Goswami came first, considered to have come first to the lotus feet of Mahaprabhu. And, interestingly, Sanatana Goswami 
where he's offering praise to Rupa Goswami and uh, Pratama Slokas of the Briyad Bhagavatamritam is Tika. And Gurumar says, somewhere Sanatana Goswami describes himself as a Rupanuga. Gurumar has once told me, he said, um, when Sukadev speaking in the Bhagavatam, saying in the audience, or Vyas, Narada, others, and we can say, particularly with Vyas and Narada, the Bhagavatam's coming down through them. Why are they listening? The Sukadev, the boy. Gurumar said, because they're thinking, what new color it will take coming from him. Something new and fresh is going to be expressed. It's not uh, monotonous recitation, can't recitation of some kind of religious formula. The mantra is not that, neither are the scriptures. But uh, look at the Bhagavatam. Tene Brahma Narada to Vyas, ten slokas. Vyas to Sukadev, I don't know how many. But then Sukadev to Purikit Maharaj, then Sutta Goswami to the sages of Naimasharanya. And then all the great Acharya's commentaries, some new light coming. Govinda, Viramandira, Sirapadam, Hastasti, Ratnadivat. And praise of Rupa Goswami. And Sanatana Goswami says, Govinda is like a jewel in their palm. And they, the way they rotate the jewel, coruscating flashes of brilliance and revelation. Rupa going this way, and something, Sanatana showing another way, and brilliant illumination coming from that way. So we have something to learn from everyone. Do not, the famous maxim is familiarity breeds contempt. That we, we should avoid with our friends, God brothers, God sisters. Always put ourselves in a position of revering them. Then we'll be in a position to receive some grace. And that's hopeful for us. We have to respect our God brothers and God sisters because at the same time, we shouldn't think like, oh, there's the, you know, higher devotees, guru, and, and dismiss our God brothers and God sisters because we don't see them as having uh, achieved or t- such a level. One thing is, we may be wrong. They, th- those who are gurus do not think of themselves as gurus. No one who's a so-called, you know, spiritual master, they don't think of themselves that way. How do they think, conceive themselves? An aspiring servitor of their guru, of their master. They never think they've become a master. They think, I'm an aspiring servitor of my master. And Guru Maharaj told us, he said, you should respect even a person who's newly come, a new recruit, even if you're technically more experienced, have some seniority. He said, still you should respect the new person. He said, why? Because just like Kaviraj Goswami, when he, we see, he'll praise the readers. 
of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Sometimes, you know, you're, it's almost like you're afraid to, you know, he'll say, and to the readers, I take the dust from your feet, and you're going like, no, you know. But what he means is what Guru Maharaj is explaining. He knows what this substance is, right? It is Mahaprabhu. This is real time, live streaming Leela, Gora Leela, that gives you an entrance into Krishna Leela, the Krishna world. And it's, there's nothing higher than this. And it's so deep and irresistible and charming. And, and what he means by saying readers, he means the, if, I, if someone in this, for whom this book is meant, they appreciate this divine substance really, truly, then I know they're an exalted Vaishnava and I want to take the dust from their feet on my head. It will purify me. You understand? That's what he knows. If you appreciate this, then you, it can only be appreciated by those who are so exalted. So Guru Maharaj, he's saying, with a new person, he said, if this is everything we say it is, and it is Krishna consciousness, then this person who's now, it's awakened, the expression of their appreciation, and we know this is something that's ultimately meant for the Paramahangsas, etc. He said, God willing, he said, maybe I'm going, moving slowly, and they go very fast, and they will surpass me one day. He said, I want to be in a position to receive their grace. He's showing that type of respect, reverence, and appreciation for a new person, a new recruit. So if Guru Maharaj can think like that, then how shall we view our God brothers and God sisters? We want to see our friends, our godbrothers and godsisters, as servitors. We want to think of them as friends, yes, but we don't want to forget that they're first and foremost servitors of the lotus feet of Guru and Gauranga, Radha Govinda. That is their real identity. Same thing with husband and wife, where it may be even more difficult on account of intimacy. But Guru Maharaj reminded that when the husband and wife, if they're they called in the service of the deity or in the mat, they're not husband and wife at the mat or in the deity seva. Then they're two servitors. And that's a wonderful thing. And they should see each other, respect one another as being, uh, you know, there's a servitor, sincere servitor of the lotus feet of my Guru Dev. We don't just worship, just like we don't worship Krishna alone, we don't worship Guru alone. This is an important point. We worship Guru and the paraphernalia of Guru, and the loving servitors of Guru are his paraphernalia. And this is the test. Because Guru says, Nir Matsaranam Satam, in one sense, you think it's easy to know you, you know, Krishna. Once you kind of get who Krishna is, realize the foolishness of trying to compete with him or being envious of him. But he said, but the Bhagavatam is telling you in the beginning, the real thing, are you envious of his devotee? 
And we learn from Gurudev, the Guru's devotees, and this is where you really get pressed, is because when you see the Guru has affection for someone, you have to align yourself with that and readjust yourself. And you cannot see some external objectionable thing. It will never cancel what's in the heart of that servitor. In some of Srila Gurudev's last words when he said, everyone has some fault, little or small, that is not the question. But who has this exclusive devotional mood? That has to be recognized, worshipped, respected. That's what we do. So I told someone, I said that, that sometimes it could be difficult to like, but impossible to love. That's how we'll see our God brothers and God sisters Sometimes we have differences with them about this or that. Maybe at times difficult to like, but impossible to lo- not to love. If we see their loving affection and servitor of Guru, Guru loves them, how can I not? I want to be in the good grace of my Gurudev. When some uh, disciple of Madhava Maharaj said to him, why are you always praising Govinda Maharaj? He was like envious. And Madhava Mara said, I must pray. Look how much devotion he has. If I don't recognize and praise his devotion, then some fault will come to me. Then I'll be in a disconnected and an unfortunate position. So we're, these are things we have to consider very carefully to remain in the association of devotees is always look to their subjective side, their devotional tendency, their devotional aspect. The principle of sharanagati or surrender is that once one is given shelter, they will never be rejected. It will never be broken. So sometimes it was very gratifying for us to hear Srila Gurudev, Srila Govinda Maharaj, expressing this type of connection with his disciples, followers, and friends, saying, once I've accepted someone, and once someone has taken shelter of me, he would say, I will go, I will accompany them through hell, but I will never give them up. Sometimes, even some devotees were pressing him about, say, a particular servitor is creating some disturbance amongst the, the majority of servitors. Sometimes this happens. <laughs> so a group will get together and they're like, that person's got to go. And like, it's just who's disturbing everybody. But Guru didn't say, no, but they've, taken shelter of me. And it wasn't just like a whimsical decision either. Sometimes we'd find out, he would say, they served Guru Maharaj in the time of greatest necessity. And even if now they're unable to serve as they did previously, I can never forget that. And I will never forget that. And I will never break the connection because they served my Guru Maharaj. And not only that, but at the time of greatest necessity, so as a spiritual formula and maxim 
and means of weighing, assessing, measuring the value of spiritual substance, Srila Guru Maharaj said, service according to the intensity of its necessity draws remuneration. So if someone is served at a time of the greatest need, they get this, especially this irrevocable bond of the ashray, the shelter-giving personality, and the one taking shelter. I would bring different senior devotees to meet with Srila Guru Maharaj, because my belief was that like Saru Sangha Satovari, if they just, you know, Saru Sangha, Saru Sangha, Sarva Shastra Koi, Lava Matru, Saru Sangha, Sarva Siddhi Hoi, if they just get a moment of his association, they could get everything. It, because it can awaken that level or the prospect of that highest level of devotion. Having a glimpse, like a charge about pastiti kastide nam. Krishna is not telling Arjuna like some abstract thing, like if you have, you know, a, a generic glimpse of your soul, you'll be astonished. No, if Krishna is saying, your soul, you mean your swarup, and like, he's talking about that. You'll be astonished. So I have this belief, and I still maintain this belief. They hear from groomers and can undergo like a ecstatic transformation conversion. So at the end of this one meeting, we finished and uh, the way it would be, then we go down, Srila Gurudev, Srila Govindamars would take us, there's like two or three, three of us, go down and then Gurudev's secret weapon, Begun Baja, right? the fried eggplant, and it's a Bengali specialty, Godia and Mountain. But it was, Govindamar's told me, it's like one of his secret weapons, you know. And we go out and we take this, and like with some muri and some other things, you know, even though it was breakfast, you know. And then we're going to go across the river, speaking of currents, and back to Mayapur. And, and Srila Govindamar's comes and goes, Srila Gurumars wants to see you again. And this is highly unusual. It's the only time I can think that even happened. Once. He, said, he wants to see you again. So we go home. You know, we go back upstairs. And Gurumars says, I am thinking that your earnestness to preach Mahaprabhu's conception, it's so great that Mahaprabhu himself supplied this prasadam. He said, so I told Govinda Maharaj to bring me some. You understand? What Govinda Maharaj was giving to us, Guru Maharaj said, I think your earnestness to preach for Mahaprabhu is so great that Mahaprabhu supplied this. Who can say something like that? He said, Mahaprabhu supplied it personally, so I told Govinda Maharaj, bring some to me. That means then Guru Maharaj took some of that. In that mood, spirit, with that heart, that vision. So then, that's when this one devotee said, like, this was just so overwhelming. You know, we all like looked at each other, you know. And uh, he said, well, thank you. 
That's the famous thank you. And then Guru Maharaj goes, thank you? He said, that doesn't sit well with me. He said, thank you implies separate interest. You have one interest, another person, and you get something from them. Now, thank you. Right? And then you go off with that. And then very beautifully, very sweetly, like you can, sometimes Guru Maharaj would tilt his head and he hold his arm and he said, but we are all Mahaprabhu's men, like that. And in my mind at the time, I thought, he who is so high, so exalted, he can say so, with such love and affection, we include us in his we, we are all Mahaprabhu's men and the ladies, you understand. <laughs> and I thought, but he will not be included in their we, you understand. But he will include us in his we. And then just to finish, that devotee said, then, then what should I say? <laughs> and Guru Maharaj said, express some gratitude. <laughs> but that is my point. So see how he's dealing with the and I mean the lower section. We're in the lower section, but with such care and insight and respect and love and affection. So if you have the good fortune to come in connection with such a Vaishnava, the only appropriate response is to offer yourself in service. Hare Krishna.